Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Watch podcast series. I'm John Briggs, Global Head of Death Strategy. This series helps you cut through the noise of global financial markets with a quick take on the upcoming trends to watch. Hello, everyone. It's a short week this week with Easter and Passover holidays, so we don't have a ton to talk about regarding current events, though I do want to touch on the latest and next U.S. economic stimulus proposal and also our new global growth forecast. Excuse me. On Wednesday, President Biden laid out his new $4 trillion in infrastructure packages. I use the plural there because it appears the president is going to split the plan into two parts, a $2.25 trillion more traditional infrastructure bill focusing on roads, bridges, rail, things like that, and the rest centered around social infrastructure, education, healthcare, and so on. The reason in my mind he's splitting these bills is that the more traditional infrastructure bill will be a lot easier to pass than the social one just due to politics. Some moderate Democrats, even some Republicans, could find it hard to vote against much-needed improvements to the U.S. road, rail, internet, uh, and power grid, though we expect the GOP is probably going to vote against it anyway, if only so the Democrats have to use their second chance at reconciliation this year. Now, as a reminder, reconciliation is the process that allows Democrats to pass a bill with 50 votes in the Senate and not 60 to defeat a traditional filibuster, but they only have a limited number of attempts to use it. So... By forcing the, the Democrats to use it on this $2.2 trillion, they're not likely to get that second $2 trillion of social infrastructure passed at all. So let's take it from there. Um, we think the plan for the first $2.25 trillion will likely get passed, though in what form is important. Um, the second one we don't think it passes on uh, at all this year. We do think that of the $2.25 trillion, it's going to be tricky because they're including $2 trillion worth of tax increases to pay for it. I expect those will be fairly contentious and it's going to make negotiations drag out for some time. And as we saw with this last COVID bill, people are happy to vote for the candy of spending, but when it comes to eating the vegetables of tax increases, I think it's going to be much more difficult. So I think that there is a close to $2 trillion spending bill does get passed. I wouldn't be surprised to see the tax portion of that or the revenue raising portion of that halved, if not more. So there's also the issue of timing. Biden moved very quickly on the last package, but that's because he also had a deadline, which was the March 14th expiration of extended unemployment benefits. For this bill, there really is no deadline to work to. There's only the September 30th end of the budget year, which acts as a soft deadline, if anything. So I think September is the best time frame to have in mind for this package, which is also you know, more delayed perhaps than people were thinking. So what does this mean for markets? So you'll see headlines again for 4 trillion, but realistically we think that's 2 trillion with only about half of that paid for by taxes. But this is just a ballpark estimation at a very early stage. Um, this is likely less than what market participants feared. And I use the word feared because a week or two ago, we were discussing a $3 trillion package not paid for at all by taxes. So we say fear because recent yield rises, as you know, have been spurred by fiscally induced inflation fears, as well as deficit fears from fiscally induced government bond supply. So this actually looks like less than we worried about a week ago and should not be a reason for rates to further sell off and have any of those moves higher in yields become disruptive for markets. And as a reminder, even into this week, we felt the period of disruptive yield rises was behind us for now, and we scaled back on our bearishness on rates, and thus ramped up our bullishness on risk. A lot of that's founded on the fact that we have new global growth forecasts that are above consensus in just about every region. For more on this, I'm joined by our co-head of global economics and chief UK economist, Ross Walker. Ross, can you walk me through some of the numbers here and why we are so optimistic on the growth outlook? 
Yeah, so for global GDP growth in this year, we're looking for 6.6%, uh, which is, is really quite bullish. It's, it's one or two percentage points above uh, the, the official forecasts, so OECD, IMF, World Bank. And we have a similar um, overshoot versus those forecasts for 2022 as well. So materially more upbeat. Um, admittedly, the, the recovery theme has, of course, become more consensual. But the, as you say, the point to emphasize is that we are still some way uh, higher uh, than, than those official forecasts. And it, it boils down to a consumer-led recovery. You've mentioned the, the fiscal stimulus in the US, which is particularly powerful uh, in that part of the world in, in 2021. Uh, but elsewhere, and a more common theme is partly a normalization of income and expenditure flows as economies are reopened, but also underpinned by a partial rundown of the savings stock that has built up over the past year. And, and that's one area where we feel in many cases, official forecasts, central bank forecasts are, are just too, are too low in terms of the proportion of that money that is likely to be spent as consumers once again have the opportunity to do so. So what about inflation? Markets are obsessed with the debate over whether all of this growth and if we're looking for above trend growth, what does that mean for the inflation outlook? Is it going to spur inflation that could be to the point where it's even problematic? What do you think? Well, we think inflation will go higher and on an underlying basis. I think the first point in, in the context of the inflation discussion that we would, we would emphasize is that the inflation dynamics this time around are likely to be very different to what you would see in a more conventional recovery, because in a, in a more conventional recovery, you have a much more gradual incremental uh, reopening of the economy, recovery and demand, improvement in the labor market. What we're going to see in 2021 will be dramatically different from lockdown uh, conditions across large parts of, of the economy, consumer leisure services in particular. We will have a much more sudden reopening. And as we've been discussing, uh, households will have an ability to spend at least for a period. So that surge in, in pent-up demand, we think, centered in particular consumer leisure services areas, is more likely to see a, a much earlier pickup, possibly a much sharper pickup in inflation than we would normally expect, rather than a, a slower burn buildup. So in most economies, we see quite a marked acceleration in inflation over the course of this year. And in the US, in the UK, uh, we, we see overshoots of target around the final quarter of this year, persisting uh, into the early part of 2022. The euro area, it's a little bit different. You've got much lower, more entrenched inflation. But even there, we see a, a gentle uptrend. The, the, the bigger question, perhaps, is over the medium term, where do we see inflation going? And, and that, I think, has much more to do with, with what you would expect to see uh, in terms of central bank mandates and and the way and then reaction functions. Yeah. All right. So it sounds like we should be seeing some inflation this year. We've seen inflation markets price that in. Um, you know, our view is that even if, you know, some of us, myself included, might be a little skeptical that we have that medium term sustainable push higher in inflation over time. We expect that, you know, those inflation developments probably are going to keep these inflation markets well bid and probably remain a concern for, for, um, nominal yields as well. So, all right, that's great. Thank you, Ross, for joining. And thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Talk to you next week.
I hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Weekly Watch. Please subscribe to our channel to get future episodes. We also encourage you to explore more of our content on our website and other social media channels.